0: Appreciate you very much. Isn't it good to be in the Lord's house on a cloudy day? But I'll tell you what, I thank God for his grace. Amen. I want to concur with Joe. We appreciate each and every person that's here today. And we, there are several visitors we had the opportunity to, to meet. We're grateful that you've chosen to share your Sunday with us today. It's going to be a good day, and the Lord already has been. I don't know why. Shane gave me a lot of time to preach today. I'm going to take advantage of every minute of it. And uh, But let me say, share with you a couple of quick announcements that may not be on the screen as of yet. I know one is not because um, it is just now going forth today. It's fresh off the presses. So I'm going to start with this one, though, it's an event two weeks from today we're going to have with us. Brother Andre Van Zeel will be here on March the 12th and the 13th. Brother Andre's been coming for about 10 years now, and we appreciate his ministry. And uh, that'll be a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, and a Monday night. And then as I was contemplating that, and I was talking with Dr. Brathfield and uh, Sister Jeannie and scheduling Dr. Brathfield as well, uh, he had an open date on March the 5th. And I thought to myself, you know, an opportunity to have two apostolic leaders that preach around the world, literally around the world, um, to be back to back at Heber First Assembly and speak into the life of our fellowship was an opportunity that I could not pass up. And so I am super excited. Dr. Brassfield will be with us next Sunday. He's here today. And um, he's going to minister the word next Sunday. So make sure you're, you know, I'll keep you aware of it through the course of the week. But, you know, if you know anything about the the God's uh, structure of kingdom, there's apostolic ministry. There's there's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. There's apostolic prophetic, Brother Andre. There's apostolic pastoral leadership, Dr. Brassfield. And uh, I'll tell you what, we're built upon the foundation. We build upon the foundation of, of apostolic ministries. And they speak life. They speak life into the fellowship. And they bring order, and we appreciate that order. And uh, it will be a tremendous uh, four services. And of course, Dr. Brasswood's a part of our church family. And so we get to have him on a more regular basis. And uh, which I've, I've got him go- We're going to have a, we had such a good turnout last year for a um, Good Friday evening service. And Dr. Brasswood ministered the word. And his schedule is allowing him to be in the area uh, at Good Friday as well. So he's going to be back with us in April for that event. So it's going to be a great few weeks ahead of us. So make sure you're aware of these things and you come out in full expectation. Amen. So today I do want to uh, kind of pick up where I've been leaving off. So this is going to be the culmination and the last of my sermon series on the kingdom of God. I have thoroughly enjoyed studying it. I uh, hope that you have uh, enjoyed uh, learning with me along the journey. Um, hopefully, today we will have saved the best for last. <laughs> you know, you'd think after 20 years, <laughs> you'd, just, oh, you'd just be right there. It's just not quite yet. There's still work to do. So, we're going to turn to two pas- passages of Scripture. If you're unfamiliar to our tradition here at Hebrew First Assembly, We stand in honor of the reading of Scripture. We're going to read a total of 15 verses today from two passages. We're going to see if we can tie these two together. It is, first of all, in one of my personal favorite books of the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. I'd just like to say it, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. And I like the way it commences in chapter 1, verse 1, for it's the words of the preacher. I just like that, the words of the preacher. Ecclesiastes 8, verses 1 through 5, says, Who is as the wise man, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of the oath of God. Be not hasty to go out of his sight, stand not in an evil thing, for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Verse 4 is where I want to really extract from here. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And that's good, isn't it? Let's, Let's read that again. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? Whosoever keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Ecclesiastes 8, verses 1 through 5. And now we turn... To Jesus his messianic ministry a very unique passage of scripture it's recorded in Luke's gospel chapter 7 but also Matthew's gospel chapter number 8 we're going to use Luke's gospel though I may draw from a little clarification that Matthew brought chapter 7 verse number 1 when he had ended all his sayings and the audience of the people he entered into Capernaum And a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this, for he loveth our nation. And he hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, being Jesus, Lord, the words of the centurion placed in the mouth of his friends to bring them to Jesus. They're saying, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I'm not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word. Matthew said, when he writes it, he said, but speak the word only. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. And my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man, notice this, we'll get to this, not in authority, under authority. Having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, Go, and he goeth. And I say to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. Now I've told you this before, there were only two people that really caught the attention of Jesus by their faith, maybe a third. But when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And he turned about, and he said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. Now, Matthew then records that, he, that Jesus then said to the centurion's servants, He said, As thou hast believed. It's almost like he's there in person. Jesus is speaking to him through the servants, and he's saying to him, As thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. And they were sent. Returning to the house, and when they arrived, they found the servant whole that had been sick. (laughs) Amen. You know, I'm talking about the kingdom. Last week I told you I ministered a word, advancing the kingdom within you, inside of you, that it must go from your heart to your head. But I told you this week I wanted to talk to you about advancing the kingdom of God through you. Last week it was advancing the kingdom of God through you, but I've got a subtitle today, Where the word of the king is, come on, I like that, don't you? Where the word of the king is, there is power. Thank God for his word today. Lord, we're humbled to be here, grateful. What a beautiful group of men and women that have come out, Father, on a semi-blustery day. But it's not blustery in this house, God. It's not. Your word, Father God, is rich, Father God. when we rejoice at it as a man that hath found great spoil. My heart is stirred to minister the word. Father, I have prayed in private, God, that you would touch my tongue, God, as we read of the prophets of old. And, Father, with the coal of fire from off the altar, that the word that I speak would have a conviction upon it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And the hearts of the people would be ready to receive, as James writes, the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. So we bless you and we're grateful for it. And all of God's people said, amen. come on all of God's people said. Amen. amen and amen. And I want you to just say it one more time under your breath or out loud. Where the word of the king is, there is power. I like that. We're going to get to it here in just a moment. Now, my desire to you as your pastor is this, just to be honest and be transparent before you today. As I am quite often sometimes too transparent. Um Sister Sherry said amen to that. Um, my desire is to teach spiritual truths to spiritual people. That's what the scripture says, to teach spiritual truths to spiritual people. There's a lot of people fanning in here today. Do we need a little airflow in here, air conditioner, or air vent? No? Yay? Yeah, almost get, the, 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 the congregation is always divided about heating and air. If you turn on anything at all, just turn the fan on only. How about that? Turn the fan on, just blow some air, just don't let it be hot or cold air. I'll bring the hot air from the pulpit. <laughs> but, but as a pastor, I honestly, I honestly want to, I want to minister to you from something that's been proven in my own life. You know, I can, anybody can, can copy and paste a doctrine. Anybody can borrow a sermon, but it's much more impacting in the life of the hearer when it's coming from somebody who has wrestled this thing out, like Jacob at Peniel years ago, that we have wrestled this thing out, we've gotten a hold of it, it's touched us as well, it's affected us to the degree that we've walked with a limp ever since. Because then when we testify about the doctrine it is, from, it is born of a deep-seated conviction that was proven in experience. So I've been talking to you about the kingdom It's my brief review for us today as we go into advancing the kingdom through you. I began four weeks ago today with what is the kingdom, answering that to the best of my limited ability. God's rule or realm, that many volumes of books have been written on it. We can just simplify it, God's rule and realm and and paul said in romans 14 the kingdom of god is righteousness it's being right it made right, uh, righteous before god it's peace and it's joy in the holy ghost it's the kingdom of god we've talked in days gone by that it is uh, a present reality but it is a future promise there will be a consummation of this present reality by the coming kingdom of god correct Jesus said it's here, but he also instructed us to pray for it to come. Jesus said that we press into it, but then we also pray for it to come into us. And so we have to, we have to hold these truths in our heart and look at them as the Holy Spirit illuminates them into our heart and mind. So then I followed this with our purpose in the kingdom of God. Our purpose should be to walk worthy of the king who's called us into his kingdom. To live a life that's pleasing to the king, that brings honor and glory to the king. And I concluded with using the example of Mephibosheth, who was the crippled son of David's uh, blood covenant brother, Jonathan. Who uh, David brought to the palace when he was a, a, a grown man, but he was lame in both his feet. But the point I made was, he was lame in both his feet, but because he sat at the king's table, he could still walk worthy of the king. And then on the third week, last week, I spoke to you about advancing the kingdom of God in you. Simply put, Jesus said the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, it is within you. Some translate that as the kingdom of God is among you because Christ was present with them. I think there's a shadow of both. But I do believe that the kingdom of God, his rule and reign commences in our heart, right? He comes unto our heart, that's where he begins to reign. But the kingdom of God must advance into your heart and mind, right? Your mind has to be renewed. If your mind is not renewed, you're going to continue to live a pattern of life that's not worthy of the king, right? So a transformation has to take place in your life. And so today, though, I believe not only does the kingdom of God, God's design to advance it within you, it's to advance his kingdom through you. How exciting is that, that you're an ambassador for the king, right? That you get to share of the glory of the kingdom of God and encourage men and women to come pressing into the kingdom. The kingdom of God advances through you, and I believe, when you fully commit to God's rule in every area of your life. When you pray with sincerity, Lord, not my will be done, but thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, correct? Correct. The kingdom of God advances through us when we display acts of mercy and benevolence. When we give, when you advance, extend your hand in giving, whether it be in the offering or benevolent to someone in your family or in the community. When you serve, when you put on, uh, as Jesus did, he girded himself in, in simply a towel, and you determine to serve other people. Those acts of kindness is advancing the kingdom of God. I believe the kingdom of God is advanced through teaching and through preaching. Paul said in Romans 8, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring glad tidings of good news. How how beautiful. He said, "How uh, how can they preach if they be not sent? So we're sent to bring good news. So it advances through both teaching and preaching. And I even added this as an addendum in my own thoughts. I believe the kingdom of God can advance as you learn to endure suffering. Times of trial and tribulation. That the kingdom of God can still advance in the most difficult days of your Matter of fact, if we were just being honest, that there are times when God's power is made more known through your weakness than through your strength. And so I believe that you can see the kingdom of God advance when you faithfully participate in worship. I believe that you are sending a signal, if you will, or a message when you come to God's house. I shared on Wednesday night when Paul writes about communion, he said that when you participate in communion, you show or display the Lord's death till He come. Right? That meant when somebody saw you, and every week they see you you come out of your house, you got all your stuff together it took the ladies longer than the men i know that from personal experience you got everything together you come driving into your and they see you driving week after week and they will not be able to stand before god and say i had no testimony because your act your movement your going to the lord's house is a testimony that god is at work right and so we advance the kingdom again uh, we show his death till he comes. We advance the kingdom when we obey his word. We advance the kingdom when we believe his word. And you're going to learn with, uh, with conviction, we advance the kingdom when we speak his word. Right? Not for selfish, fleshly gratification, but for God's glory. Right? And to advance the kingdom. I love these two passages of scripture. I'm going to briefly see if I can tie them together here we won't really focus entirely upon ecclesiastes other than that fourth verse where we see that word that just stands out to us when solomon here who is the preacher but is also the king of israel speaks about where the word of a king is he says there is power it's there is if you read that in the original language there is rule or realm or reign there is if we will say this there is authority there's authority And then, if we can somehow kind of tie this just a little bit, that it was displayed, that authority was displayed by Jesus himself in his ministry. I'm going to talk about that in a moment there. And in Luke's record there that we read, uh, that a miracle occurred, a miracle, if we read Matthew's gospel, it tells us the man was sick of the palsy. The palsy would be the body could be drawn up crippled to the degree arms that would be contracted unable to stretch forth and unable to walk limbs and legs would not able to stand at home bed on the bed but the man that sent the, the the request to jesus had a revelation in his heart that jesus didn't even have to take the rest of his journey Jesus didn't even have to stand in the presence of his servant. Jesus didn't have to take off his talit, his Hebrew prayer shawl, and lay it on him as he would Jairus's daughter. Jesus didn't have to... Spit in the dirt and make, or, and make clay and put it on him. Jesus didn't have to pour oil on his head. All Jesus had to do <clears throat> was to clear his throat and speak the word because in the king's voice uh, there is power and there is authority. And he knew if he would just open his mouth, then his servant would be made whole. Glory to God. How many of you believe there's power in the word of a king? So I want to talk about that for just a moment because we've got to learn this principle before we will truly see the kingdom of God advance through us. And I just believe that the church, the body of Christ, is called to advance the glory of God. I believe that the realm of God's kingdom goes through the body, through the body. I told you before, revelation. Someone told me about this recently, reminded me of the revelation that I had uh, in Lion King. But I told you long years ago where, 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 where Mufasa was up on the top of the mountain and little Simba was beside him. And little Simba was going to be the king that would replace, he's the prince, going to replace the Lion King. And he asked that simple question and he said, where is? The limit or where is the extension of our kingdom? And Mufasa says, son, wherever the light touches... Wherever the light touches, wherever you take the glory of God, wherever God sends you, then that's where that realm can be extended. Wherever God places you, that's where his rule and reign can grow through you. If it's growing in you, it's going to grow through you, glory to God, if you learn these principles. But you've got to learn about authority. Let me talk about Jesus for just a moment. Jesus was a king over an earthly realm, but not a physical kingdom. David himself, Solomon, we read his words, would have actually sat on a throne and had men around him and had a court of people around him that bowed before him and called him king. But Jesus did not. He was not over an earthly realm, but, but he was over an earthly realm, but not a physical kingdom. He himself said that my kingdom is not of this world. But Jesus was constantly being asked about two questions. And I've noted this one previously, and I won't go spend much time with it. His disciples wanted to know when the kingdom of God would come, right? And that was what Luke chapter 17, he said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, but the kingdom of God is within you. But did you know, that was what his disciples primarily asked him. But the question that his critics had a tendency to ask him more often was, who gave you the right? My mama used to say this to me when I was a little boy. Who died and made you king? That's the question. I'm sure she wasn't alone when she said that. (laughs) And so with this, now listen, that was a question that his adversaries wanted to know because of how he taught, how he related about his relationship with God and God's expectation for the people. They wanted to know how who gave you the authority to do and to say the things that you're saying even when we commenced this sermon series, I reminded you that John's message and Jesus' initial sermon concurred. They were simultaneous. It was like they were borrowing one another's notes. John came clothed in camel's hair and with a leather belt or girdle about his waist and eating on locusts and wild honey. And his message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and Jesus came later when he came out of the wilderness and his first messages his first message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand who gave you the authority that's what they wanted to know who told you who told you that you could set the prophetic calendar who told you that you could tell the masses of people that the long awaited day of the coming of the kingdom of God was now present in the earth that's the question they asked and Jesus let me just tell you this I'm going to answer it for you most of he uh, answered it on more than one occasion but I'm going to tell it to you today where did Jesus get his authority even to declare the kingdom of God he got it from the word of God from the word of God anyone can say from God I have people tell me that it was from God Anybody can say from God, I need to see it validated scripturally. Jesus, or excuse me, the Jews believed in the prophetic scriptures. Jesus received his authority from the word of God. God had prophetically declared him to be the Messiah, the anointed one. Beginning in Genesis chapter number three, when God said of the seed of a woman would come one who would crush the head of the serpent. We read it in Genesis 17 and 19 when it says, Of the seed of Abraham all nations would be blessed. We read it in Genesis 49 when Jacob prophesied that the scepter would never depart from Judah. We read it in Deuteronomy 18 and 15 when Moses declared a prophet like unto me. He is going to come and you shall hearken unto him. We read it in Isaiah's prophetic words, Isaiah's pen. He says, unto us is a child born. Unto us is a son given. And the government is going to be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful. His name will be called Counselor. His name will be called Mighty God and the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. And listen to what Isaiah said. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be of no end. And I love this. Listen. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, God's going to order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from that time forward evermore. So God prophetically spoke about his son that when he came into the earth, that he would be commissioned with authority to declare the kingdom of God. And even the angel of the Lord that spoke to Mary when he spoke to her about Christ being conceived in her womb, the angel of the Lord said these words, he that child born in thee, conceived of the Holy Ghost, he shall be great, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And listen to what he said, and he shall reign. And so Jesus then, you say, well then where is that? That was the, that was the scriptures, and many times we believe the scriptures were prophetically spoken and then captured by pen. But when Jesus was baptized in water. And he came up out of the water. John said that the heavens parted and the Spirit of God descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. But a voice was heard. That voice, I told you last week, that voice that was heard on Mount Sinai speaking the, uh, the, the law of Moses. That voice perhaps hadn't heard, been heard from that time till then. That voice was heard. And what did it say? It said to all that would hear this Is my beloved son. And when he said that, he was conferring divine authority on him, right to rule and reign and to extend the kingdom of God. And when Jesus began to minister, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. He said, bring me the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He read it. They put it up in the ark. He sat in the seat, Moses' seat, and he began to speak. And he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He hath anointed me. I'm anointed by the Father with divine power and divine unction and a divine authority to speak the word of God. That's how we know. And then he began to validate anybody can say they've got authority anybody can claim that but he said I'm going to display it by casting out devils and healing the sick glory to God to validate that the authority that he possessed had been given to him by God man that's good preaching in this house today Jesus could give authority he could vest that authority in his servants and they too would have power to heal To cast out devils, correct? And even to forgive sins. And as the Messiah, Jesus had a level of authority that no man had ever possessed or had previously possessed. What do you mean by that, Pastor Bell? Solomon, the preacher of Ecclesiastes, would say this later in that very same chapter. No man hath power over his spirit in death. But Jesus said, I have the power, because in the word of a king, there is power. He said, I have the power to lay my life down. And he said, And if I, by the power and the authority given unto me by God, have the power to lay it down, I have the power. Oh, my goodness gracious. If I was in a a Blabdist church today, somebody'd be getting happy in here. I'm telling you, he said, I have the power. To lay it down. And because in the word of the king there's power, I have the power to take it up again. Glory to God. And nobody had ever had power like that in the earth. He gave up the ghost, committed his spirit into God's hand, and on the third day he took it up. And validated his doctrine that he was Jesus the Messiah. And when he left and ascended into heaven, you remember it's called the Great Commission. What did he tell his disciples? He said, all power in heaven and in of earth is given unto me. Now, there are two words translated. You know I don't know uh, Greek very well. There's a couple things here and there I can remember in days gone by. I know many of you say Pastor Brown struggles with good English, much less trying to share Greek with us. However, there were two words in the Greek New Testament that are translated power. One is dunamis, and it means the miraculous power. We extract in the English language dynamite, dunamis, miracle, explosive power, healing the sick, and casting out devils. You have to have power in dunamis power. But the word there, all power is given unto me, is exousia, and it means authority. And Jesus said all authority authority see the kingdom is extended by the realm of god and it must have the authority of god jesus said all authority has been given unto me both in heaven and of earth and so jesus answered the question through his life and his teaching who gives you the authority jesus was reestablishing the kingdom of god not in a governmental social realm Rather, within the heart and the life of every believer, we trust in the millennial, he will reestablish an earthly kingdom. Right? We believe that. His kingdom is not advanced with the sword. There is no jihad, right, in the kingdom of God. Right? We can't point the sword that we draw out of a scabbard, at an unbeliever, and say, convert to Christianity or die. And actually expect them to be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. But what we do, we advance it by the word. <laughs> we advance it by the word. And so, again, it is, uh, it is the word of faith that we preach. You press into it, we cannot press it into you. And so we have to begin to understand authority for just a moment. So Jesus understood authority. He advanced the kingdom because he was a man under God's authority, conferred upon him. But what about you? I'm going to transition for just a moment. You're new to our church today. What's the pastor going to share? That was certainly about Christ. But how does that relate to us in this word authority for a moment? Do you have any authority? You cannot advance the kingdom without authority, right? You have to have some measure of conferred authority for you to truly function as an ambassador. If you're going to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God, you have to have some measure of conferred authority that's been granted unto you that you believe in. And you live your life confidently that in the word of a king is power. I'm just going to remind some of you of the things that maybe you already know. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says you're a royal priesthood. (laughs) you're a royal priesthood you're not just a priest you're a priest a royal priesthood a kingly priest revelation 1 and 6 god has made us kings and priests unto his god and father revelation 5 and 10 he has made us kings and priests to our god and we shall reign on the earth ephesians 2 says we have been raised up together and made to sit down together in heavenly places in christ jesus there's authority that's been vested in you because of your faith in Christ Jesus, because you're a part of the kingdom. Romans 8 and 17, you are a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And so by my nature, I am of royal descent. See, I was born in Fort City, Arkansas, East Arkansas. My mom was born here in uh, Heber Springs, and my dad was born in Mariana, uh, at LaGrange, somewhere in there. But did you know what? Did you know what? I am a king of royal descent today. The kingdom of God is within me now, and because it's within me now, I have a realm of authority. If I've lived my life under His authority, then authority is conferred upon me. Right Remember what Jesus as, he can, as the, the, the account of the centurion, when the Centurion had revelation that Jesus would come, uh, he said, "Let me stop him in his tracks." When, the, when he spoke the word, he's what he said. He said, "I am a man under authority." He did not. Your mind thinks he would say, "I'm a man in authority. Let me go ahead and back it up. That's not how it functions. It functions this way. You have to be under authority to be in authority." You have to have a a divine order of authority that's been conferred upon you because you are walking in accordance to the revealed will of God and the word of God. You cannot be outside of God's divine rule and reign and expect to have his authority. You have to have, you have to understand, you have to know that there is, again, in order for you to have authority, you have to be under authority. Now, in the, church, in the church, let me tell you, I believe that there are four levels of authority in the church. First, it is God that has been conferred to the man Christ Jesus, who is the head of the church, right? And so that's first. Secondly, then, I believe we have corporate authority that was based upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And subsequent government, excuse me. Formed upon their foundation that we willingly submit ourselves to. Every Fellowship has to have something, some measure. They differ, I understand. For you and I, as a member of the Assemblies of God, it is the General Council of the Assemblies of God and the Arkansas District Council of the Assemblies of God. That's the second level of corporate authority. Then there's congregational authority. We have the pastor, and then we have the pastor as the head of the assembly, not the head of the church, the head of this assembly. We have deacons and pastors that have conferred authority. Congregationally, the body in the assembly is... In unity has authority i lead this congregation not by power but by authority are y'all catching what I'm saying today? I have no authority at First Baptist. I have no authority at the Church of God across the street. I have no authority down the street at the Nazareth Church or up the hill at the former Methodist, now the Trinity Church. I have no authority when I walk through those doors. It's the authority that's conferred upon me is because of the structure of government that we have agreed to function within. And God blesses it, I believe, if we will layer ourselves under authority. If I learn to live and function under authority, I become empowered, oh Jesus, to walk in authority. And from that, my authority is not to be abusive, nor abrasive, but rather to care for the church of God. And my heart is full of the word of God today to teach you about authority. Because the kingdom will not advance if you're not under authority. And you will not have the anointing upon your life to advance the kingdom because you won't be in authority. You say, Pastor well, what areas of life do I have authority that I can have once I've come under authority that I'm empowered to function in? I believe in your house and your household. I do. Have you remembered recently this past year the death of Queen Elizabeth? right, was the queen of Great Britain, which would be England and Northern Ireland. And upon her death, Prince Charles took the throne of Great Britain, right, with great pomp and majesty and both power and authority, correct? And anywhere he gets in his Royal, what is it, uh, Rolls Royce and, and, and drives throughout England and Northern Ireland, he has both power and authority, However, if he buys a plane ticket, he might not even have to buy a plane ticket. He probably has a Royal Aircraft. And he chooses to fly land at Little Rock Airport. And from there, he drives a Rolls Royce all the way, gets on the interstate, takes the Heber Springs exit, and turns on Highway 5. And he comes down Highway 5, and he goes through Romance. He comes through Rosebud. He comes to Hopewell, and two miles north of Hopewell, he turns left into 1820 Little Rock Road. And the moment he turns in, he is no longer the king the moment he comes on that on that property because he's outside of his domain and so that 50 point something acres there is ruled and reigned by King Leodus and Queen Sherita. You've got to know what level of authority that you are functioning in and the realm of your authority. and I believe that husbands and wives coming together in the power of unity is critical to have true authority over your house. God gave Adam and Eve dominion over the garden. They failed to exercise dominion and they gave place to the devil. You and I should exercise our authority over the intruding attempts of our adversary. As husbands and wives. I believe that when Jesus went to Jairus' daughter's bedroom. Y'all remember that? Where she was laid in the upstairs room on the bed. Where Jairus, who was a synagogue leader, remember Jesus put everybody out. Except... For the father and the mother, because he aligned himself with their realm of authority. Are you hearing me today? And so I also believe that we as parents, we have authority not over our, only our houses, but authority over our household. I'm going to say this in faith to some of you here today. As a parent, let me tell you, God never intended for your children to be the dominant force in the household. Let me say this to mom and dad. Dad and mom, your home is not a democratic republic right it is an extension of god's kingdom and you've been appointed as king and queen right yes those little children are thy servants glory to god and they're also they're servants but they're also princes and princes that are being raised up to take authority in their own realm as well one day rule them not by strength but rule them by authority right and so i also believe that you have authority over demonic spirits I believe, and we're in a generation where there's a lot that's talked about the devil, and I want to say this real quickly. we got to be very careful. I try not to be the person that emphasizes the enemy all the time. I simply want to be the person that simply gives him no place. I just want to give him no place and just move on. I ain't got time to worry about you when I want to glorify God and serve the king. Right? But I have to do that. To do that, you've got to understand authority that I have authority over demonic powers. There are some in the church that are still begging and pleading for God to rebuke the devil. Nowhere in Scripture is there a word for you to beg and plead God to rebuke the devil. You've been given authority through Christ. The anointing of God is upon you. Jesus himself said, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You have authority and power. If you feel that you are being oppressed by an adversary, you feel, you discern, whatever, whatever it is, you don't always have to call the prayer chain, you don't always have to have somebody else come to pray for you if you understand authority that you are anointed by god to have authority you will raise up your own voice glory to god because in the word of a king there is power in the word of the king let me tell you jesus never wrestled the devil jesus simply stood in the power of authority and he said go and the devil had to go Right, And you and I, if we would learn that when we open our mouth, we are speaking His Word from a position of authority. As a believer, you and I have authority over unclean spirits in relation to God's kingdom within us, our household, and God's house. You believe that today? I have a little bit more. Shane gave me a lot of time. I'm going to take it. I believe you have power over sin. I just do. I won't develop that today. Because not, we're not the church that doesn't talk about sin. We do. Romans 6 kind of captures this. I alluded to it last week, I believe. But it says sin, when it, he uses kingdom terms, Paul said sin shall not have dominion over you. You don't have to give in to those appetites. Right? You have authority in God to, to, to bring the members of your body that you used to yield to sin. You now serve the king. Right? Amen. I believe I will not develop this today either. Sickness. If God can give us a revelation that we have power and authority over sickness in our body, praying by faith. You say, Pastor, I know a lot of people that have said this and this, and they died. You know what? Glory to God. If they died with a profession of faith on their lips, I would much rather die with a profession of faith on my lips than I would die in unbelief. Right? So let me go ahead and tell you this one. I do feel like developing this one for just a moment. I believe that you can rule and reign as a king over your own emotions. Emotions are a beautiful thing. They're a gift from God. They cause us to smile. And they cause us to weep. Because there's a time to laugh. And there's a time for sorrow. Emotions help us dance when we're happy. And pray with others when they're sad. Because our spirit identifies with them. But I want to share just an excerpt from, again, Paul's, or excuse me, Solomon's pen, Proverbs 25 and 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit. Hear those, ru- those words. He that hath no rule over his own spirit. I want you to know that by the authority of God committed unto you, your countenance, your own mental anguish, and your thoughts, you can rule over them through the anointing of God that's upon your life and the authority of God and so the psalmist knew this revelation when he asked his own soul that's why you got to talk to yourself you know days gone by we had a, a, a man in our community that was a little bit probably deranged mentally perhaps troubled by evil spirits perhaps a combination uh, also medications from being in vietnam but he would walk down the streets of hebrew springs and he would talk to himself and we would think in king james english he is beside himself sometimes you need to be beside yourself and maybe sometimes you need to talk to your own self. The psalmist said, why art thou disquieted within me? He spoke to his own spirit, and he said, no, no, I'm not going to live life this way. Why? I'm not going to live in depression. I'm not going to, depression, you're not going to abide in me. And my face is not going to be uh, all twisted and disfigured. God didn't call me to live life. I cannot advance the kingdom with a disfigured face. I've got to have his life flowing inside of me and flowing through me. So I speak to my own spirit. The psalmist said, and why are you disquieted? quieted within me I will he spoke the word to his own spirit I will hope in God he is the help of my countenance glory to God break it off and live life for the glory of God now I've got one final point the most important I brought you to this today everything that's been said has a foundation for the principles I'm going to close on today are you here today I see how long I've been preaching I'm just right Not too long, it's kind of like baking a good cake, right? Not too long, take it out too early, it'll fall flat, right? Take it out too long, it'll get burnt. Got to get it just right. Here's the most critical point about the, listen to this. Here it is. To advance the kingdom of God, you must believe that your words have power. I've got to share this today. I'm afraid we have drifted to a generation that does not fully understand the power of the spoken word. And I'm speaking to you with great conviction in your heart today. The thing that I am the quickest to do in my life, the thing I'm the quickest to do is I pluck up if I sowed a seed of unbelief. If I spoke it over myself, my family, our church family, especially my children as I had children at home uh, in my household. But to speak the word, to exercise authority, Jesus spoke the word, right? With the word of a king, there is power. Listen to this that was said about Jesus. Luke 4 and 33, they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Luke 4 and 36, then they were amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power, he commanded the unclean spirits, and they come out. Jesus spoke the authoritative voice of God, the word of God. His word was with power. The word of God is a sharp two-edged sword when you and I speak what God has previously spoken. Personally, I believe that angels take the word. Did you know the psalmist said that the angels will fulfill his word? So how many believe in the angelic realm? Right? You believe the hidden to the natural eye. Certainly there are demonic powers, but we focus so often on them. But there are God's angels, His ministering spirits that are sent forth to minister to heirs of salvation. And the Word of God says that they take His Word and obey it. And But I want you to know, church family, for, us, for the angels to have anything to work with, you got to give them something good. you got to speak the Word in faith. Right, And let me just tell you, just very quickly... Personally, I want you to hear this. Our problem is we often counter or oppose our faith-filled words with words of complaint. Somebody, Sherry, go park the car out front right here. And I know, tell the security team to unlock that bar right now. Because I'm going to preach the truth right here. And that is with words of complaint, criticism, and unbelief. Blessing and cursing are flowing out of the same fountain. And there is a strong reproof in the Word of God. You can't bless your children and curse your children at the same time. Are they blessed or are they cursed? It's real quiet here because I'm telling you the truth. And many of you need to go and you need to dig it out. I've had something in my pasture at home. It has come into my kingdom and I am ticked off about it. It is called horse nettle. And it is from the pits of hell. It is from Satan. It is from uh, the fall of Adam, the curse of Adam. And it is a briar-like plant that grows. And it's been coming up in my pasture. And every time I see it, I kick that thing up and get it out of there. Some of you need to do the same thing with your words. You've been, I'm telling you because you planted words of doubt. Fear, unbelief in the ears of your family, your children, and you wonder why you're not saying, Pastor, but I don't want to hear your flesh. I'm not going to listen to your flesh. What does the Word of God say? Bring everything about you under the realm of His dominion. Pluck it up and speak life in the presence of death. Speak life. Talithi, kamai. Daughter, I say unto thee, arise, glory to God. Pastor, you get so loud. I can't help but get loud because I'm passionate about this. In the word of a king, there is power. You can't curse and then bless and expect to have the authority of God upon your life. You've got to change, church family. You've got to repent inside your heart and say, God. Oh, God, let my words... Be pleasing in thy sight, O God. Let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable unto thee, O Lord my God. Let me hold fast to the profession of my faith without wavering. The word of faith is near you. It is in your heart and it is in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart But shall believe that the words that he saith Shall come to pass He shall have whatsoever he saith Let me tell you where the word of a king is There is power You'll begin to see change You'll begin to see it incrementally The moment you begin to change Your verbiage, your vocabulary, your word And you align it with the authority of God That's revealed in the word of Almighty God As a king in authority and under, under authority As I'm closing today, understand the power of your words. Out of the power of your word is life and death. Are you hearing me today? Proverbs, again, Solomon says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. A wise king chooses his words. Proverbs 10 and 19 says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. He who restrains his lips is wise. I told you last week you got to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Are you hearing me today, church family? Pastor Brown, I know you're preaching. I'm not preaching anger. I'm preaching excited because I know the power of what can happen when we truly believe in our heart. We live in a generation that taught us about the power of profession and confession coming out of a movement called the Word of Faith movement. I do think there were good things with it and I think there were negative things with it. It's not always about a fleshly gain or success. It's not about a car. It's about extending the kingdom of God. That's what I'm concerned about, extending the kingdom of God. I believe that as a, I want to see. I mentioned it again my children. I referred to them as servants. I was just referencing it. I did. I Tell you, what I did tear up the first time I watched my son on the lawnmower and he was outside and I was inside. I did tear up, that's for me, that's my own private personal moment. But I want you to know today there's no greater joy in my life than to see my children rise up uh, and h- know that they have authority in their voice, uh, they have an anointing upon their life, uh, and they've moved from 1820 Little Rock Road or they moved from 3565 Uber Road or they moved from 70 Quell Hollow or wherever we used to dwell. It mattered not, we moved around a lot, but wherever it is, wherever their habitation is on a military base, or whether it's in Little Rock, or even whether it's upstairs right now, wherever that little place is that's theirs, that's where their dominion is, that's where their realm is, that's where their authority is, that's where their anointing is, and with the word of a king there is power, they have authority and dominion and victory husbands and wives can come together and pray the prayer of faith husbands and wives can speak the word only, and they can watch things change, if they hide the Word in their heart. It's not confess and confess and confess until you believe. It is believe and then speak. It is believe and then speak. you got to hear and when you hear, you meditate on it. You muse on it. You ponder it. You walk through your house. You pray over it. You go walking and talking with Jesus in the garden, in the cool of the morning, late in the evening, driving down the road and you're saying, oh God, I thank you for the Word. Thy Word is a sharp two-edged sword in my heart and in my mouth I rejoice that thy word as a man that findeth great spoil I'm going to believe the word I'm going to hold to the word I'm going to trust the word and then when you begin to open your mouth up uh, when the king speaks uh, in his words uh, our authority in his words our power in his words uh, our dominion glory to God oh I feel Jesus in this house today he's the king And he's conferred to you a measure of his authority. And you bring him glory. You bring the king glory. You bring the king glory when you extend his kingdom. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. By your words, lift up and praise the name of Jesus. By your words, rebuke and drive away the enemy. By your words, reprove and correct the foolish. And every parent knows that's a part of it. Come on, somebody. Every parent knows that's a part of it, that you have to reprove. I'm not saying don't. Matter of fact, God forbid that you're the parent that doesn't reprove and correct your child. Right? But as you correct and reprove, uh, as you reprove and correct, uh, you build up. You build up. You sow in. You call things that be not as though they were. You speak life over them. By your words, rule over your own self. By your words, rule over sickness and disease. By your words, rule your family well. Rule your family well. Build and edify your family. Because where the word of a king is, as Daryl joins me, if he would, where the word of a king is, there's power. There's power. There's power. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Moses told the children of Israel long years ago. He said, I set before you blessing and cursing. Life and death. Choose life that you may live. And that's where we're at today. The kingdom of God is within you. It has to advance from here to here. But as that mind gets renewed, and I'm telling you, it's a process of repentance, correction. I'm not talking about others. I'm talking about you. Right? It's it's when the Holy Spirit brings that on you, and you realize, you know what? No fault from anybody else. Me. Me. My fault. Mirror. Image right here. I've got to yield myself. My tongue, I can't sow out of my mouth, cannot be blessing and cursing. Cannot and I expect to walk in the authority that God has given me. I'm preaching to you today for everyone here today. I told you when I started the message today, and we'll close right now. As a pastor of 54 years of age who's been pastoring for 27 years, which would be half of my life, preaching for 30-plus years since 16, I can't share with you Everything from personal experience. I can't. But I can share some things that I proved in a crucible of experience. And I learned the power of the spoken word. Pastor Brown, are your words perfect? Absolutely not. But when I have the spirit of God, I pray God bring conviction to me. Because if I sowed it, and it's going to bring horse nettle. I want to pluck it up. I want to pluck it up. Pastor Brown, where's that language come from? Read the Gospels. Jesus said about the kingdom of God, he said, my heavenly father, he said, we will pluck up everything that he didn't plant. And I want to live that way in my life. If I've spoken doubt and unbelief, God forgive me for in the word of the king, there is power. I want my words to bring him glory. And I want my words to bring life. I want my words to elevate and lift. This is not in my scriptural notes, but I feel like reading it to you one more time. I read it last week, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read it real quickly, not the whole thing. I know some of you are like, oh, my gosh, he really did mean he was going to take that much time. Listen to this, verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, when it goes from here to here, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. With all malice, be kind one to another, tender hearted. Matter of fact, I'm going to jump up. If you got it, Lori, bring it. 29th verse. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So in the area of a kingdom, I'm just going to share it just real quickly. There's a tragic story in the life of Solomon's son, Rehoboam. Rehoboam's passed away, or excuse me, Solomon's passed away. Rehoboam's taken the throne. And the people come to him, and they say, your father at times, because we know towards the end of Solomon's life, he fell into apostasy. Right, and all the principles that he wrote about for all of us to hold to and cling to and share tragically, his, he became corrupted by sin. And the and the leaders of the of Judah and Israel came to Rehoboam and said, Let me tell you, your your dad, he talked down, he talked bad to us. Go back and read this on your own. He said, But if you will speak kindly to the people, they'll follow you all the days of your life. Taught that principle right there long years ago. What they said was, Rehoboam, this kingdom will prosper if you'll speak life over it. If when you're in your chariot and you're going through the streets, that you stop and pause and you see the people and you speak to them, and you speak life to them, and you encourage them, and you build them up, you will never lack of a kingdom of men and women committed to your rulership tragically they fell prey and rehoboam fell prey to poor counsel and he repeated the error that solomon had drifted to in that latter end of his life but you and i ought not be that way the kingdom of god has advanced inside of us it's here it's here but it's going to advance if we speak it in life we speak it in life and now listen it's not one without the other It's not you speaking while you're living outside the authority of God, right? It's not one or the other. It's both. You walk in obedience. You stay pliable, humble before God. And you're praying, God, let my words have authority and power in the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me today. I just feel led of the Lord. I just feel led. Ecclesiastes 8 and 4 says, where the word... Who will say it with me? Where the word of a king is, there's power. Isn't that beautiful? Where the word of a king is, there's power. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death. You can advance the kingdom by faith if you'll speak the word in faith. Incrementally, little by little, day by day. The kingdom of God in your family how about in your marriage how about in your children how about in relationships at work how about in relationships within the church I think Paul was writing that we shouldn't be tearing one another down we should be building come on now y'all hear me today right that's the power he said if there's corrupt communication going out of your mouth stop it speak that which builds up oh how pleasant How pleasant it is to be around people that lift us up and encourage us. Can't we be that person? Our heads are bowed and our eyes closed for just a moment of time. Romans 10 says it's the word of faith. It's near you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. Joe said it earlier. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. I'm going to give a two-fold invitation in the beauty of this moment and in the solitude and in the sanctity of this moment. Is there anyone here today that says, Pastor Brown, I would like by faith to profess Christ as my Savior. I believe in my heart, and I want to confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus as my Savior. For Romans 10 says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Is that you today, sir? Ma'am, is that you raise your hand. Let me see you today. No one's looking around. Is there anyone? Thank you today. Anyone else? Anyone today? Just pray. It's a sinner's prayer. Thank you. Anyone? We're praying. We're praying. We're committing. We're committing. Secondly today, secondly today, who here has been guilty? I'm not going to ask you to say who's been guilty. This is between you and God. But I'm going to suppose that many of us have been guilty of out of the same mouth speaking blessing and cursing, speaking life one minute, speaking death the next. Where the word of the king is, there's power. There's power because there's consistency in authority, speaking the word only. Who here, I'm going to ask for hands, so just slip your hand. I just feel like they're just, we just tie together. We come together. We come together and say, Pastor, let's pray together that in my own heart, I will believe the word, and with my mouth, I will speak the word. Who's that today? Let me see. Hands up. I think everybody. I'm going to be honest. Everybody. That ought to be the pliability of your heart today. That's not me. I didn't come to. I didn't come to rebuke anyone. I just came to rebuke a pattern of life that many of us have fallen prey to. I, I don't want you to think that Pastor Brown has stood on this stage today and preached from a hypocritical spirit. That I act like I don't ever speak the negative word or the wrong word. No. I'm transparent. I'm telling you, when I do and when I have, it's, I know what it is. It's born of the flesh. It's unbelief. The Spirit convicts me of it. And in humility, I do my very best to pluck it up. And if I'm going to pluck it up, I'm going to plant something good in its place. I'm going to pluck up that which was born of the flesh. And I'm going to plant that which is born of the Spirit. So I, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to be, oh, I'm up here. I'm way up here, and you're way down here. No, I want us to be on a journey. Let the kingdom expand through you. It won't expand through you. It won't expand if our words are conflicting with each other on a constant basis. There's got to be power in your words. So we're praying today. Let's pray. It's a prayer commitment. It's a dedication right now. It's a dedication. Father, we have come to this house today, and the people had no idea. Only you know. Only you knew, Father, the direction that this service would go and the word that would be sown today. For some, there's a kind of an immediate rebuttal in their heart because they think I'm directing it towards them. I'm sowing the seed on the entire field. It's, it's whoever the hearer is, that's between you and God. I honestly believe the words for all of us today. Some are more advanced. Some have their words under control. They're speaking life more often. Others are growing in it. It's an individual journey. It's not comparing you to me or you to your neighbor, your husband to your wife. It's about all of us before the Lord saying, Lord, forgive me of words spoken in unbelief. Come on, who will pray that prayer with me right now? Father, forgive me of words spoken in unbelief. Father, I pray against those words, and I pray, God, give me the courage to pluck them up in the name of Jesus. Give, them, give me the courage, God, to pluck them up out of the dominion, out of the realm of my kingdom. Come on now, I feel. don't give up on me this morning, church family. Please don't give up. This prayer time while you're standing is as important as anything we've done thus far. This is where you're agreeing. You're agreeing. You agreed by nodding, by saying amen, by raising a hand up. But this is your personal response. This is you. This is you saying, these aren't the words of Pastor Brown. These are the words of the Word of God. Jesus said, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Jesus said. Paul said, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Father, today, when we have failed to believe in our heart and failed to speak your words with our mouth, we've repented before you today. God, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that there'll be a word of faith that comes to our heart. Come on, somebody. There'll be a word of faith that comes to our heart, that we'll hear it, we'll receive it, we'll meditate on it, Father God, and it'll grow in us. And then, and the opportunity presents itself, When we open our mouth, we will speak the word of a king. When confronted by issues of life, we will speak the word of a king. When the doctor says one thing, we will speak the word of a king. When the the behavior of our children is looking like one thing, we will speak the word of a king over them in Jesus' name. When there's conflict at home, Somebody gets alone with God and begins to speak blessing upon the other spouse. The word of a king. And where the word of the king is, there's power. As the pastor of this assembly, God, I speak the word of a king over them today. I speak the blessing of God upon them. Church family, you look this way. I'm going to let you out of here today. I'm going to trust that what I've sown in your heart has been good word today. And you're going to meditate on it. Are y'all out there today? I know if you're a visitor, you came here and you said, man, that pastor was loud. He spit. He did a lot of things. He looked angry at times. He's angry at unbelief. Just like Jesus, he got angry at unbelief. Is that right? I want want there to be blessing in your dominion. I want there to be blessing in the favor of God on your kingdom. And I want God's kingdom to be extended through your life. So here's how, what I want to speak over you today. Here's what I want to say to you. Say unto, this is modifying number six for you. On this wise, you shall bless first assembly of God. And you shall say unto them, may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you peace. God, I speak the word of faith over my church family. You will make them the head and not the tail. They will be above and not beneath. The enemy came, may come in one way, but the enemy's going to flee seven ways. In their home, there'll be favor. Between husband and wife, Father, there's going to be love. Children, God, their path is going to be altered because an angel's going to take their words and begin to bring it to pass. God, your favor is going to be upon them. Let the kingdom of God grow. In them, let the kingdom of God grow through them. For I bless them in Jesus' name. Come on, church family, and all God's people said, amen. amen and amen. If you receive that.